My Get Up and Go on SAFM. Influential people doing well in their respective fields. This morning we're chatting to Helen Mazibugo, founder and CEO of Sugar Lily Cake Studios. A very good morning to you, Helen. Good morning, good morning to Kenny and good morning to the listeners. This morning, says we brought you because you are doing such phenomenal work there with uh, Lily Cake uh, Studios, and hopefully one day you'll uh, send us some cakes there. You'll put them on courier <laughs> for the team, you know, for us to eat with our uh, tea and coffee here in the morning as we wake up. But before we get into uh, the wonderful work that you're doing, what is your mm-hmm. daily get up and go routine that gets you up and going? I think my life has changed so much since I started my business. Um, before, it would really be waking up and just have a moment, you know, of prayer, a moment of this devotion with, with God. But I found myself in such a busy, busy time that my morning routine just changed. When I do get time, yes, I do wake up and just listen to some motivational um, stories or, you know, watch motivational videos on YouTube. Um, and then after that, it's just a rush, you know, to prepare my kids for, for school because I don't have a full-time helper. Mm. So every morning is that preparation for school and then um, lunch boxes. Once they are off, then I can have a moment to myself <laughs> and just mm. regroup, you know, um, read whatever book that I'll be reading at that particular time, listen to some gospel music, just, you know, clear my mind and then get myself ready um, for the day. Mm. And, you know, yeah. you, you have a very interesting life, like you mentioned earlier on. You used to work for one of, uh, you know, South Africa's biggest uh, consulting firms and you were there as a professional working in corporate. However, yeah. this was having a negative impact on your family life because your husband, Gugu, was working in Newcastle, where he's from, and he would commute yeah. weekly between Newcastle and, and Gauteng. How did that yeah. um, uh, system, that long system, affect you guys? Um, you know, it, it, it was not that bad. Um, I think at the beginning, he would make sure that, you know, he lives on Monday, but come Friday, he's back home. So we always had him at home over the weekend. But I think as time went on, the journey started seeing, you know, the impact on the children. Every time he leaves, and he, they would cry. And you also become lonely, and you, you sort of try to make... Um, life on your own, set your own rules, set your own routine with the kids. And then when he comes back, you know, he's the head of the family. <laughs> he sort of needs to take over from you. So every time he comes home from the weekend, that sort of role swapping became more difficult because you're so used to being on your own and doing things, you know, your own way. But then when he comes, you need to allow him space as, as the father and the husband mm. and the head of the family to, you know, that his own routine as well. So it, it became a bit of a challenge for both of us. And he'll be away from home the whole week. We'll be home the whole week. So when he comes, he wants to be home. <laughs> Over the weekend, we want to go out. So, yeah, it became a bit of a challenge um, balancing, you know, that life. Mm. And eventually we decided, you know, it's not good for the family. And the only thing that I had to do was just resign from work and then we all moved you know, to be with him in Newcastle. Was it a difficult decision to make to resign from work in Pretoria and move to Newcastle full time? 
it was. I'm sure it took me almost a year, if not more than a year. Um, we, we talked about it, I think about two weeks when he was you know, into, into the work in Newcastle. It, we, we talked about it, it was a possibility, but I was so happy at that, and my career was just growing, you know, and yeah, it, I found it hard to really say, yes, it's fine, let's move. Um, and until one, one time, it was in 2014, when I got hospitalized and I was just with the help and the children, my helper could not um, drive. So I had to drive, the, as sick as I was, I had to drive the kids to school in the morning and drive myself to the hospital. So I think, you know, that moment made, made me realize that, you know what, I need to be near my husband. I can only be sick like this. And then there's no one around to sort of support me. Um, I think that was sort of a turning point for me to say, you know what, Helen, you can stay in Pretoria, have your, your nice, cushy job, which pays you so well, but there's something missing in your life. So I remember when I came back from the hospital, that weekend when he came back home, I told him, I've made up my mind, um, I'm going. Mm. But it, even after that, um, you know, getting used to that idea, it was around July of 2014, and I knew at the end of 2014 I had to resign and we had to find school for the kids. But, you know, that period from July to December of 2014, I think it was the hardest of my life, but it had to be done. Let's get into your business, uh, Sugar Lily Cake uh, Studios. When you moved to Newcastle, you say that you knew that you were going to get yeah. into uh, the cake business, even though you did not know how you're going to go about it. You say you've always loved yeah. baking, but it was only yeah. when your pastor mentioned it that you know you could turn it into a business that um, you decided to, to go for it uh, full steam. Let's talk about what it is that you do at the Lily Cake Studios, the Sugar Lily Cake Studios. Um, we basically do custom cakes, novelty cakes, um, it's your wedding cakes, which is my first love, and it's any celebration cakes for your birthdays, graduations, or any event that people feel, you know, they need to have a cake for it, then we do that. And in terms of the demand, I mean, I'm sure that when you moved to Newcastle, there were already other people, you know, in the same industry as you are in. How did you set yourself apart? Um, it, when I got here on 2015 January, I think the first three months was for me to research the market here. Um, and I realized, you know, that there is a gap in the market. At the time, there were really about three or four um, ladies doing it, and all of them were white ladies. None of the black ladies were doing any cakes. Mm. So I saw that gap, and I thought, you know, this is it. I need to take, you know, this opportunity and then use it. And then I re- uh, registered myself for a short course with the uh, SS School of Wedding, where we did, you know, wedding cake training. Um, it was really a short course. So when I came back, yes, I had the basics, but I realized if I were to make it, I needed much more than this. So I registered a lot of online courses and then just did, you know, the training on my own. It was around March when I did the course in Jobbik. But between March and, and May, it was sort of, you know, a sorry just to come in there can you move around a little bit for me your phone is breaking up somewhat and uh, you're coming through a little bit muffled and and we want to hear your story probably uh, are you there 
Is it better now? Yep, much better. Okay. Yes, so I had to sort of do a lot of online courses just to harness, you know, the skill that I've learned. Mm. And I knew if I did that and, you know, keep abreast with whatever is happening in the industry, know who are the big players, follow their work, follow how they do things. So I knew if I do that, then it would really set me apart from the rest. And it's exactly what happened. Now... in terms yeah. of your clientele, you've spoken about the weddings and the novelty cakes. Um, yeah. However, if I look at the work that you're doing, we were just looking online a little bit um, earlier on. It's just some of your products and some of the works. I mean, it's it's, yeah. it's really a specialized field to go into novelty um, cakes, yeah. and and it's a little bit more specialized, you know, than baking your um, your, your conventional scones and your cupcakes <laughs> and your queen's cakes yeah. and things yeah. like that. Um, how have people taken on, you know, to the idea of novelty cakes? And I'm sure right now you're in a space where you're ready to expand your business even further. Yeah, um, it was very interesting. I think at the beginning, uh, I did sort of market the business around April after I did the course. And I was very surprised at the demand. I think people sort of knew about the novelty cakes, but they didn't know where to get them, especially here in Newcastle. So I did uh, a four-day four um, exhibition at, at our mall here in Newcastle, and the response was actually very surprising. I was not expecting that. I came back home after the four days with, with probably about 50 um, requests for quotations. So... I think the, the, the need has always been there. It's just mm. that people do not know where to get the cake. Um, and I've seen, you know, the demand growing more with each, you know, year or month that went by um, to a point where I think when people also begin to trust you with your work and they're open to ideas um, that you have, they sort of just let you do it. And, and just say, you know what, this is what I want, this is what I need, but do it. You are, you are the professional at this, you are the best at this. So mm. most people now are beginning to sort of let go and just you know, tell, tell you their requirements and let you do it. So I, I think the market has sort of really changed. The demand has, has grown from the time I started to now. But as the demand goes, you know, also the competition <laughs> is growing as well. You yeah. know, that's another thing. You know, I'm sure other people now have woken up to say, oh, wow, we can also yep. do novelty cakes. Yes. Okay, let's do it. But, you know, yes. there's always that added advantage in, in first yes. market entry, you know, is that you mm-hmm. are known as the, as the one that can really produce because you've been doing it for a long time. Before we let yeah. you go, um, Helen, to somebody that's listening to you right now that's also on a journey searching and for discovery of themselves and where they are going in life and they don't yet have that direction and they're feeling very discouraged this morning. How would you advise Mm. such a person listening at this hour? You know, for me, the biggest challenge was overcoming the fear. Um, And I think most of the time it's the fear of the unknown. You're moving from one place to another and you don't know how people are going to receive you. You don't know if your business is going to succeed. And most of the time, really, it is the fear of the unknown. But one one thing that kept me going was a scripture that I had printed and put it on my fridge. And I would look at it every day um, when I started the business. And it was from Joshua 1, verse 9. 
which, which says, Has I not commanded you, be strong and be courageous, do not be afraid, mm. do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So that really helped me overcome the fear, overcome the challenges of the business that I met every day. And I just had to keep going. And once you have your vision clear and vivid in your mind, and you know the reason you're doing what you're doing, do not let anything or anyone um, derail you from that vision. It's yours. Take it, run with it. You know, um, you never know. Uh, the sky is not the limit. It's not even the limit with me. I see beyond the sky. Mm. So uh, I think that my, my, my advice to them is really know yourself, know what you're capable of, and where you're looking, try and improve. I mean, attend training, take courses if you have to, but never give up. Keep going Thank and you. do not let fear paralyze you. Thank you so much, Helen Masibugo, yes. founder and uh, CEO of Sugar Lily Cake Studios. It's nine minutes before five o'clock. Stay with us.